Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Tuesday, December 27th. Hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas and a great Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and whatever it is you celebrate. Hope the holidays were as outstanding as mine were. I, I won't bore you with all the details, but basically iHeartRadio, um, they had two days off for the holiday Friday and Monday, so they said, you could take the podcast off. I said, sure, why not? Uh, my brother came in town with his wife. We, you know, first of all, they were flying from the East Coast and their flight was canceled out of the crummy BWI airport. I tell them never to fly Southwest, but he is got the companion ticket with his wife and they flew Southwest and it was canceled. So then they had to scurry, find a plane ticket out of Philadelphia, fly out of Philly to LA, got here, no problem. Just in time, we went to a Laker game Friday night. Um, I'll just say my agent was able to hook something up, so we were able to get a nice little suite there at Lakers Hornets. Lakers looked pretty good and then blew the game at the end when they had a chance to win it. Um, But just overall great experience. Christmas Eve was fun. Christmas Day was just outstanding. You know, basically the holiday fun stuff. You watch a couple movies. I think we watched uh, the Jim Carrey Grinch movie. Not bad. Elf, which we've seen many times. Did not watch Die Hard, despite many lobbyings from my brother and my son, who I showed some of Die Hard 2 to. Um, what else did we see? Uh, there was one other movie. Christmas Chronicles 2. I think I mentioned Christmas Chronicles 1 on here. Christmas Chronicles 2, not terrible. Not awful. I didn't fall asleep. I did in Elf because I've seen it before. But uh, overall, just Christmas, just an awesome time. And of course, there was the football. 
and we will get into the Saturday and the Sunday shenanigans in a minute because it's been a couple days. I don't need to start with that. I will lead with what went down on Monday Night Football. Chargers victorious over the Colts. Chargers into the playoffs for the first time in a minute. And I know there are some Chargers fans out there who are a little apprehensive. Most people, at least the Chargers guys I know, you know, we were texting during the Monday Night Victory, you know, bolt up. Let's go get a drink to celebrate. Everybody's all fired up. And there were a couple negative Nancy's like, wow, I just, I just wonder if, you know, us making it means they're going to keep Staley and extend him. And ultimately this is bad in the long run because nobody likes Brandon Staley. I will say Staley's defense, I can't give him a ton of credit for shutting down Nick Foles, who, I mean, the Colts have no clue what they're doing at all on offense. It was abysmal, a tough watch. We were on, uh, we went for a little boat ride on Monday night down in Long Beach. You know, you can easily get the signal on the phone. Every time I call it up, like nothing's happening in the game. Just nothing doing. Uh, I needed Austin Eckler to do nothing so I could make the finals in one league for fantasy. Didn't happen. Um, And then I needed Justin Herbert to do nothing. He did nothing, shockingly. And my boy Dan, he said him and his son wanted a shout out on the podcast if they beat me. I'll give them the shout out anyway. Dan and Logan uh, live near us. uh, Good friends. And I beat him by 30. So uh, <laughs> in the finals in in that league, of course, I am the commission that one. And my son in a league made the finals for the second year in a row. Uh, we'll see how he does in the championship round. Uh, I know he just wants how much money can he make off of it so he can invest it in Robux. Uh, shout out to all the Robux fans out there. Ro- Roblox is the game. Robux is the monetary value at any rate. Chargers, Colts was a snoozer. But the Chargers now go into the playoffs and listen. I think there's no denying when you make a list of the wildcard teams that nobody wants to face. No, Jacksonville's on there. They're dangerous. They got a good quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. My Jets back in the mix. We'll get to them shortly. If they can get in with that defense, they're going to be live to keep it interesting. And now Mike White back at quarterback. I'm just saying, under Mike White, they look pretty good and feisty in Minnesota and in Buffalo. Okay. They're going to be live. You guys can laugh all you want. They got to get in first. And I think there's some there's a case to be made for the Detroit Lions in that offense. I know they did not look good here. Uh, back-to-back road games, outdoors, cold. They just got run over. I think they'll be okay in the long run. Hopefully they get in. Green Bay Packers, obviously, if they can get in. Aaron Rodgers, come on. But I think the number one team that nobody wants to face is Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Folks, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, since they've been together, this offense looks good. I know the offensive line can be questionable, very shaky, a couple major injuries there, but the defense is what I'm really looking at. We know Herbert's going to keep them in any game, okay? You're not going to go run away and hide from Justin Herbert. His offense is too talented to do nothing. It's the defense has been the question mark. Can they stop the run? Usually not. Derwin James getting ejected, I don't know what he was thinking. Uh, Moments after getting a 15-yard penalty, just lowers the boom. And he looked like he was a little staggered after the hit, jelly leg. So he was coming off the injury. I would not be surprised if he sits this week now that they're in the playoffs. Still waiting for Bosa to return. Khalil Mack, like the names are there. It really is matchup dependent. If they play Cincinnati and Zach Taylor says, you know what, we can run on this team. We're not going to go out of shotgun. We're not going to have Burrow throwing. Chargers are going to have a chance. I don't think uh, Chargers are afraid of facing Baltimore should Baltimore win the division obviously there's a massive Cincinnati Buffalo game this week that will have a long way to go in the AFC with a lot to be determined but like really are you afraid of this Ravens defense really 
I think they did face off a few years ago in the playoffs um, before Herbert. It was young Lamar Jackson. It was a bit of a, if I remember, it was a bit of an upset. I th- I'm almost certain. I'd have to look it up. But Chargers, Ravens, like, we'll see about Lamar Jackson. Folks, he hasn't practiced in three weeks. Are we sure he's coming back this week? I, I don't know. You go from not practicing for three weeks to just on the field and starting? Seems a little risky. But they could go to Jacksonville. And that would be an interesting matchup of the good young quarterbacks. Jacksonville defense is very bad. But Lawrence and the and Doug Peterson... They got. I think there's some talent on that team. I hope that doesn't happen. I, I think Justin Herbert has the talent around him, and the defense should be able to make enough plays that I think this team could make a Bengals-type run to the Super Bowl. Now, remember last year, Joe Burrow was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. They go. Uh, I think they were at home for the Raiders, narrowly beat them. Then they had to go to Tennessee. Burrow got sacked nine times. Evan McPherson had the game of his life. By the way, McPherson struggling badly this year. Remember last year? I think they called him Evan Almighty because he was just so automatic kicking. He missed two extra points and a field goal against the Patriots. He's had a rough season. Um, and I do, but this Bengals defense is really beat up. They have an interesting one against Buffalo. We'll be talking about it later in the week. But there isn't a team that if I'm the Chargers, I'm afraid to play. I'm not afraid to play Buffalo. This Buffalo team, folks, I know they opened up a can late against the Bears. That offense, is, it doesn't terrify me. And I don't think Buffalo, you know, the conditions are going to be a concern at all for Justin Herbert. And then if it's Kansas City, well, we've seen them hang with KC. Now, they haven't totally been able to beat them consistently, but they've been able to hang with them. This Chargers team, folks, very dangerous. Um, if you're looking for a wild card team to pull up Bengals, look no further than the L.A. Chargers. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. 
So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, I think I got to pivot to the biggest coaching move in the NFL on Monday. Nathaniel Hackett mercifully was fired. I guess losing to Baker Mayfield did him in. But I saw an interesting tweet from a guest on this show, Kevin Clark, who said that the funniest coaching tenures of the last decade. Now, funniest, I would assume he means the biggest disasters. And Urban Meyer ranked number one. Nathaniel Hackett came in third. Adam Gaze with the Jets was four. Hugh Jackson with the Browns was second. I think there's a case that Hackett was the funniest because of the expectations and Russell Wilson. I don't think folks realize just how bad Russell Wilson has been. Like, everybody's like, oh, he's terrible. He's been awful. He's washed. But this is, like, we've never seen someone fall off a cliff to this magnitude. And I'll put an asterisk because Peyton Manning did, but after, I think, three neck surgeries. Russell Wilson essentially changed teams and became one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. So his career worst record, he's 3-10, and 10, career worst completion percentage, career worst passing yards per attempt, his TD to interception ratio, uh, 12 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 12 touchdowns for Russell Wilson. Like, that's like a month for him in Seattle with Lockett and Metcalf. Okay. And his passer rating, 82.6, the worst of his career. So by far, Russell Wilson's having the worst season of his career. But you combine that with how bad Hackett has been. I mean, I guess that you have enough infighting on the team where allegedly the Broncos offensive line against uh, Baker Mayfield, they, uh, Baker Mayfield's Rams, the Broncos were just letting Russ get hit. I don't know that I fully believe that. And then they wouldn't help him up. And then on the sideline, the backup quarterback, Brett Rippon, who last week got the victory, Brett Rippon went over allegedly to yell at the Broncos, saying, hey, guys, that's not right. you got to let him up. And the Broncos' offensive line basically MF'd him, get the hell out of here, and somebody got Rippon out of there. I guess if you're Nathaniel Hackett, you have no control of the locker room, right? There's been players popping off, yelling, arguing. I mean, it's, a, it's not as bad as the Arizona Cardinals, which we outlined last week, but it's up there. And... This has been one of the, I mean, for Russell Wilson, for a guy who I think is Hall of Fame material, and I know a lot of people push back on that notion, but come on, his numbers in Seattle have been great. Like, if you're looking for a case against Russ, it begins and ends with this season. I don't want to hear about the one-yard line pass in the Super Bowl. 
This was way, way, way worse than that because this was consistent, a slow bleed every single week. And it's just like, I think two of his first three passes were intercepted in the Rams game. Of course, I had like a jackass. I had the Broncos in the contest, right? Negative three. All they had to do was win by three, okay? I look at the scoreboard. I see 17-3. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I look. Two of his first three passes were intercepted against the Rams, who are done for the season. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett just... Uh, just a total embarrassment. He clearly will never get a head coaching job. It began really for that from that Seattle Monday Night Football game that he never recovered from. And Rob, I think it's safe to say, as a guy, you're a Raiders fan in that division. Listen, you've seen some bad football over the years and recent weeks with Derek Carr. I would say unequivocally, this is rock bottom in the division for the longest time I can remember. I, I don't see, I mean, I don't even know if I'd want Hackett as my offensive coordinator next year. Like somebody will throw him a bone because his family's kind of famous in football and, and he's going to get a look, but he was so bad. I don't know how you can even trust him as an offensive coordinator after what I just saw in Denver. I tend to agree with you. However, we kind of saw this play out with Adam Gase as well with uh, your Jets, with the Dolphins, and his saving grace was hey, Peyton Manning vouches for me. I call play for Peyton Manning and we lit up the NFL. If he thinks I'm a good play caller, then obviously I got something going for me. And a lot of what Nathaniel Hackett will have going forward is going to depend on what Aaron Rodgers has to say. <laughs> if Aaron Rodgers says, look, I know LaFleur is getting all the credit. He's got the nice facial hair. He's nicely well-groomed. He's young. He's handsome. But Nathaniel Hackett was the mastermind back there. And that's why our offense fell off a cliff here in 2022. Then maybe he can get an offensive coordinator job somewhere, preferably with like a defensive minded head coach or a Vrabel Tomlin type who is just such a strong personality that he dictates to his coordinators and he kind of oversees everything. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think that the story here is Nathaniel Hackett, because I know him getting fired is the all caps headline breaking news on you know, the herd and, and sports center and everything like that. I think the, the, the bigger story is Russell Wilson Oof. because even though Nathaniel Hackett was obviously a dumpster fire, I mean, what was it after week two, he had to bring in a situational awareness coach and then he had to you know, pass off play calling duty late through the season. He, he, to his credit, he tried everything to, to make himself a good head coach. Just wasn't cut out for him. But Russell Wilson has basically turned Nathaniel Hackett into the fall guy. Because he's been bad. Like, it's not just he's been, you know, Derek Carr turnovers. It's not just that he's been um, uh, Mac Jones, you know, he's on 190 yards a game or whatever, something minuscule like that. It's both. He's turning the ball over, and he's not giving you the bang for your buck with the, the yardage and the, the scores to, to go with it, like Josh Allen might. Russell Wilson has gotten, like, washed, all oh. caps washed overnight almost. And what they gave up to get him and what they're going to have to continue to deal with with that salary moving forward. Five, hold on. Five years, $245 million. With, with no, this was year one. With no clear outs for at least like three years after this one where they can get out and take like a, a, a smaller cap hit. If they get rid of him this offseason or even the year after that, it's something like $60 million against their cap. So that's not, you know— possible for lack of a better word and so 
the Denver Broncos, thank God they're in the AFC West, so my Raiders can at least be no worse yeah. than third moving forward. But uh, uh, it's, Hold on, Rob. It's funny. I was just reading, you know, uh, who did they pick Hackett over? And the big rumor is they picked Hackett because they thought they could get Aaron Rodgers and pair those two together. That's what I thought, yep. So they picked Hackett over Kevin O'Connell, who ended, who was with the Rams and ended up going to the Vikings and I think is now the second seed in the NFC. And they picked him over Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, who I, I know the Cowboys defense wasn't good, and we'll get to that shortly. Um, I don't think the Eagles punted once Sunday with a backup quarterback. But the Cowboys defense this season ranks very high in most categories. And you just wonder, boy, they had an offensive guy in O'Connell who knows football. Kirk Cousins having a good year. Justin Jefferson might be the offensive player of the year. And the Cowboys defense has been phenomenal. Why the hell did they pick Hackett? And I think the only reasoning is because they thought they could get Aaron Rodgers. Now, Rob, I did look this up. The guy who hired him is Patton, um, the GM. You have to wonder, if you're the new ownership group and you just took over the team and you see, oh, Patton was in charge of finding the coach and he picked this guy? We're not letting uh, Patton make the head coach. Is it one of these deals where the ownership is going to play a huge role in the coach hiring? And it's like, GM, hey, you've got a pretty decent roster. Stick to picking players, but you're not picking the coach. I I just have to wonder about that because like we've seen with some other uh, NFL coaches, like, hey, they just don't really work out with the GM. And I got to say, Joe Douglas with the GM of my New York Jets, do we trust him to pick a quarterback? Because he and Salah picked Zach Wilson second overall. They were in lockstep. If you go read the quotes, they loved him. Now, a lot of people liked him. Pro Football Focus liked him. But again, if you're the Jets owner, do you say, hey, maybe we need to take a step back and bring in someone else, just another pair of eyes to look at the move? Because, I mean, they missed so badly on Hackett in Denver. Like, I don't think anybody could have seen this. Vegas had them as a playoff team, double-digit wins, a total and absolute disaster. I think that's actually... Not that great of a job, Rob. I looked at the three openings. As of right now, and that could change again, the three openings are Indy, which fired uh, Frank Reich. They have, hmm, let's see here, no quarterback. They have running back who was terrible this year, no offensive line, a defense that's eh. Indy, not a great job. Denver, we'll see if it's a great job. You have Russell Wilson, but what's that worth, Rob? I, I, I just don't know. The roster's good. The defense was the number one scoring defense um, a lot of injuries on that team. You can make a case that they're bounced back and it's not a bad job. And then the other job that's open is the Carolina Panthers. But Steve Wilkes has done such a good job. They're here in week 17, where if they beat Tampa, they take over first place in the division. They will have swept them. Now, Tampa, we'll get to them later, but like Carolina can legitimately win this game. It's a field goal spread. And you look at the rosters, you're like, oof. Brian Burns, J.C. Horn. Horn is now out for the season with a broken wrist. That's two straight years he's gotten hurt. Not great. But you have a decent running back room. Offensive line has worked. Uh, D.J. Moore's a good receiver. I would argue Carolina a better job than Denver. I think Indy's, mm, Indy or Denver's tough. I don't know. Denver right now might be the third most, third best job because there's not a lot of flexibility with the roster given the lack of draft picks and the Russ Wilson cap hit. I don't know, Rob. Would you agree? Um, Carolina 1, Indy 2, Denver 3? Of the ones that we know of, absolutely. Um, you know, I saw a lot of buzz on social media on um, Monday morning suggesting, well, how soon until Sean Payton 
is wheels up to Denver because that's obviously the big hot Damn, you know no name. Way. I don't see that, and I don't see that at all either. Not only because of the Russell Wilson factor and his contract and everything like that, but if I'm Sean Payton, who is obviously the bell of the ball, I'm waiting to see what else becomes available because if I'm him, I, I think I'm going to have the pick of the litter wherever I decide if I decide to come back. You know, obviously you're keeping an eye on um, what may or may not happen in Arizona. You know, mm. with Kyler Murray. I know. don't know that that's I, Arizona or Denver. If I told you you could you could have one of those jobs, both uh, Kingsbury's gone, and we know Hackett's gone. Which one are you taking? Now Arizona. remember, we're working under the assumption that Kyler's probably not going to play next season, at least until Thanksgiving. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear this Halloween stuff. So now you're like Kyler, big money taking on. You got internal strife, ownership, and eh, GM probably not going to be back. Denver or Arizona? Who you got? Arizona. And, and have you done that division? Because you don't have to deal with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid every year. Okay, but you have to deal with Kyle Shanahan. Um, I think McVay I don't know who their Stafford quarterback is. So, so that's I, I, if you're Sean Payton, you don't think that you that you can outwit Kyle Shanahan. But you're not. It's not just that their their team because they have two quarter. Their top two quarterbacks are Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, both on rookie deals. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to pay your quarterback for at least three more years. I think, right? Well, well, we'll see with Trey Lance. Maybe well, we two. still don't know how good those quarterbacks are. I know Brock Purdy's looked very, actually, very good to be honest with you. The last three weeks, but yeah, I know we, if you we bet we against know. him with Washington. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't know. <laughs> and Trey Lance, Trey Lance, from what we have seen, is, is one of the worst quarterbacks in football, just on yeah, what we've seen. Sh- yeah, would you be shocked if I told you right now Brock Purdy wins the job over Trey Lance? Would you be shocked in in August? Yes. You'd be shocked. Yes, because I think that because of what they invested to get him, it would take some real big brass balls. To, okay, to move on. Uh, uh, fine. I'll ask you this again after uh, right before the 49ers play in the NFC Championship, game. <laughs> and okay. then you could tell me. But also, we don't know about the injury and and, and how uh, Trey Lance is going to heal from that significant injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, bottom line, Denver, just a total, uh, just a disaster. Um, speaking of disasters, can we go to the Philadelphia Eagles? I, I know, Listen, I like the Eagles a lot, Rob. Okay, you guys know I was living right outside of Philadelphia for six, seven years. My kids were born outside of uh, Philadelphia. And, and this Eagles team, I love them. Jalen Hurts carried my fantasy team deep. I won a lot of money betting on the Eagles this season. But I'm just looking at right, the, right now two massive injuries suffered in the Dallas game. Lane Johnson, the ab tear, he's not playing again in the regular season. We'll see about the playoffs. And then Avante Maddox, the cornerback who has been incredible as a slot receiver. Uh, he's graded out as one of the best slot corner. I'm sorry, slot cornerback, one of the best slot corners in the league. The second he left the field, C.D. Lamb totally dominated that game. And it's, he did it from the slot. And you've just got to wonder, oh, what can the Niners do in the slot? Oh, well, they could do Christian McCaffrey. They could do Debo Samuel. And teams can feast on that against the Eagles. Now, a team like Tampa doesn't have much in the slot. Minnesota puts Justin Jefferson there. This Avante Maddox loss is massive. Uh, according to ESPN, here's the stat. The Eagles have allowed a league-best 25.6 QBR with Maddox on the field. It goes up to 50.3 without him. I know that's not a household name, but between those two injuries and the quarterback— Boy, Eagles Eagles fans have to be just devastated right now. Um, I will just point out, they have been unlucky as well. And they were unlucky against Dallas in that result. There were three fumbles in the game. 
the Eagles fell on none of them. There were also five fumbles in their other loss, the Washington game. Remember Monday Night Football? And Washington landed on four of them. Just an unbelievable, unlucky two-game stretch for the Eagles when it comes to fumble recoveries. I don't. I, I'm all of a sudden. I'm not selling my stock in them, but I'm feeling a little down currently about Eagles futures, Rob. Yeah, I mean, you'd be hard not to. And it's funny you brought up the turnovers because during their huge start to the season, one of the biggest things they had going for them was the turnover. Yeah. They, oh, yeah. they they were you know, tops in the league by a wide margin. You know, everything kept breaking their way, and these teams kind of tend to balance themselves out, and that's exactly what we've seen in those last two games. But um, I'm not – I'm obviously, I'm down from where I was before, but I'm not as down on them as I think a lot of people are because I believe Jalen Hurts is going to play this Sunday Oh, against New Orleans. Um, New Orleans is obviously has nothing to play for at this point. The Eagles obviously have a ton to play for. And according to Jay Glazer reported over the weekend that Jalen Hurts has really been pushing to play in New for the game against New Orleans for two reasons. Number one, he wants to lock up number one, the top seed overall. And number two, this is like a double whammy game for the Eagles because they own the Saints pick in the upcoming draft. So if they win this one, it improves the draft pick that they're going to have in 2023. And if you're Philadelphia it makes sense for you to have all your guns blazing. Even if Jalen Hurst isn't 100%, you come in there, you blow the doors off them early, you get conservative from the third quarter on, and you secure the top overall spot, and you figure out the rest from there. Interesting. That that Saints win over the Browns pushed the Saints all the way down to 10. I think that pick was in the top five area um, before the heading into this weekend. I'm just curious. Where, do you think the Saints have – would you rush Jalen Hurts back just to play the Saints? Wouldn't you want to ensure that you have the number one seed? Yeah, but if he further, without Lane Johnson, if he gets hurt any further, man, you could just forget the playoffs. Like, I like Gardner Minshew. I think he could do damage, but you're definitely not beating San Francisco with Gardner Minshew, not with that San Fran defense. Unless you think, you know, there's a chance. I mean, Lane Johnson is huge protecting Jalen Hurts on the offensive line. The backup, uh, Driscoll, he played okay and I know offensive line's not sexy to talk about, Rob, but man, I I think you could just ride that defense against Andy Dalton next week and and hope for the best. Let me see if it's in prime time. It is not, unfortunately, because you know Dalton is horrific in prime time. <laughs> but uh, it, ooh, it, it looks like no inclement weather next week at uh, Lincoln Financial Field for Saints-Eagles. Hmm, interesting. Line is 6.5, meaning uh, I don't think Hurts, I think that's saying Hurts won't play, right? Because it would be bigger if Hurts were playing. Yeah, you would think it'd be closer to 10 if Hurts was playing, yeah. right? I mean, Saints are bad. Let's be real. They were down 10 nothing to the Browns. And just, you know, I don't know. Deshaun Watson, we're just going to leave him out of this podcast for now. I, I don't know what the hell happened to him. Speaking of, if I could go on a tangent because I brought up Deshaun Watson. Rob, can you recall an offseason where bigger name quarterbacks made moves and they were just went horribly wrong? I mean, I can't believe how bad Deshaun Watson's been. I can't believe how bad Russell Wilson's been. Like, it's unbelievable. You know what's funny about the Deshaun Watson situation is Baker Mayfield, the big knock against him, and I'm one of them who says this, is that he's only been successful when you take the ball out of his hands. When you say, we're okay. going to run the ball, we're going to play defense, just don't blow the game for us. That's when he's been successful in the NFL. You would think that Deshaun Watson could do, at a minimum, just that. Like, look, I know you haven't played in two years. All we're going to do is we're going to run the ball with Nick Chubb. 
the defense has been a little obviously disappointing, but it's good enough to win games if we're able to control the clock the way we can. And all you got to do is make three or four good throws a game, and then we're going to win more than we lose. And he had, I mean, I know in the beginning he's played better of late, but he hasn't even really been able to do that. Like, he, he doesn't look comfortable yet. I mean, they, they have Amari Cooper who's good. Nick Chubb is great. They have a great offensive line. And it's not like he's turning the ball over a ton or he's, you know, airmailing a lot of throws. It's nothing like that. He just doesn't look sharp. And even the the bare minimum you'd expect in that offense, he's – only sometimes doing that and so you're always left wanting more which is kind of surprising i know the the counting stats don't look too bad but he's played a lot worse than i think than what the stats have shown yeah um to to go back quickly to the eagles and wrap it up we we didn't mention much about the cowboys so rob i don't know how closely you watch this game i thought cowboys eagles was a top five game this season one punt in the game a ton of points big plays galore one of the craziest stats i saw outside of the eagles fumbles so uh, you know, Cowboys were down. It was third and 30 after a couple penalties. No team had converted a third and 30 in over two years. And Dak Prescott hits a bomb to T.Y. Hilton, his only catch for 52 yards. Big play Slay just basically got beat on that play. It was unbelievable. Just a great throw by Dak. And T.Y. Hilton, who, I, I mean, what a great buy low by the Cowboys. Bar- bargain bin shopping. And T.Y. Hilton comes up with arguably their biggest catch of the season. 52-yarder on third and 30. They end up scoring on the drive and end up getting the victory. Cowboys, no, though the only problem is, for this defense, it's so great. They have now been shredded by Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew in back-to-back weeks. And I I mean, Gardner Minshew went up and down the field. They did not punt once. I, you know, they didn't sack Minshew once. Like, is this defense tired? We saw, I, I don't know if you saw at the end of the game, but Micah Parsons was so gassed before the fourth down. It was like fourth and whatever it was. Last play of the game for the Eagles. And Micah Parsons is telling Dan Quinn, I need a timeout. Call timeout. And you could see him breathing heavily like he was just chased. And it was like, oh, my gosh. They call timeout. I'm like, ooh, that's risky. And, of course, they they put pressure on him a little bit, and he turns it over. But this Dallas defense, I, I, don't, I, I, just, I don't know if they're getting stops. Are they getting stops in the playoffs? I don't trust Dallas at all. I, oh. Everybody was so excited. I know on uh... – Christmas morning. It was a Christmas miracle how well the Dallas Cowboys looked and um, what they did to the vaunted Eagles defense. You know, even though the front seven is good, the back not so great when they're not turning the ball over. That that win to me encapsulated everything about Dallas is their peaks are as good or better than anyone in football. Oh, yeah. But they can also play as poorly as anyone in football. And so what it basically comes down to is in a big spot, which team is going to show up. Mm-hmm. And historically, between Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy, the bad version shows up. And I don't trust Dallas at all. I wouldn't be shocked if they lose in the wild card round, I'm assuming to Tampa, even if I think Tampa sucks too. But Dak Prescott, outside of, I think, his very first playoff game when he had three touchdowns, one pick against, uh, might have been Green Bay, very mediocre. And yeah. it, it, I, I, I do not trust Dallas at It's all. funny. Cowherd has been banging on this for a while. Is like, you're going to blame Dak. Dak's to blame if they don't make a run in the playoffs. And I'm like, listen, there's no way they're moving on from Dak. 
Okay, he's got the second highest cap hit in the league next year after Deshaun Watson. But you know who will get the blame? Mike McCarthy. And I know he hasn't been great, and that playoff ending against San Fran was brutal. But Rob, we, we, I would think we would both agree. They're going to be going on the road in the first round. I don't think they're going to win the division. I'm sorry, guys. So they'll be the number one wild card. They'll go to Tampa or maybe Carolina. I guess Minnesota's an option, but I don't know who's catching them. I think it's probably Tampa or Carolina, and I think they're going to win that game, right? I, I would think they should. They should blow the doors off whoever they get from the NFC South. The problem is we saw what Tampa, they fluster. Todd Bowles, for whatever reason, yeah. flusters Dak Prescott. And That's Carolina, I don't think is good either, but what they've shown in the last couple of weeks with Sam Darnold is he's more explosive than Baker Mayfield was with his arm. He can have at least a threat of beating you down the field with DJ Moore. And between Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, they can run the ball pretty well. Yeah. If you can keep Dak and C.D. Lamb and those guys off the field, Tony Pollard, and obviously this this Cowboys defense isn't as good as we thought they were, as we've seen in the last month or so, I wouldn't be shocked at all if, they, if one of these NFC South teams ends up winning a game like Oh 20, 20 to 17 or something like that. No 20, way. I'm telling you. Do you love Selena? Like really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. 
like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, listen, Rob, I'm a full-on Jets homer. Everybody knows that. I've got a lot of thoughts about Mike White in Seattle, but I'll save it for the end of the podcast because... I think it's time we talk about your boy, Derek Carr, um, <sighs> and the Raiders. I, listen, I was on uh, Pittsburgh, minus two and a half. I, we were eating uh, Christmas Eve dinner. Uh, we got one of these restaurants. It was nice. I purposely sat with my back to the TV because we arrived like late third quarter and they're losing. I'm like, I can't even watch the friggin' Steelers. Can't even, I can't believe I bet these losers. And then my son, who had view of the TV, his eyes would light up like every Derek Carr turnover. <laughs> there were several. And I just have to say, Rob, like I like Derek Carr a lot. Just like how I like Tua as like a human. I like them at the podium. They seem like nice guys off the field. They got their act together, Tua and Carr. And, and Rob, Derek Carr is having such a bad season with the alleged offensive genius, Josh McDaniels. And I'm curious, as a Raiders fan, do you want any part of Derek Carr on the roster next year? It's, it's a tough question. Because <laughs> I don't because he, and he, the reason being is I don't know who you could get that would be well, an upgrade. Okay, here's the here's the answer. Josh McDaniels. Well, we know Brady's unhappy playing with Leftwich and Bowles and uh, marriage broke up. He's getting out of Tampa. That's obvious. He's not going to return there. Does he retire? Does he go to New England? I say no way. Does he go to New England? I don't think San Francisco is viable. I think the team that makes the most sense is Josh McDaniels and the Raiders. Then the question becomes, what do you do with Derek Carr? You cannot get a first-round pick for him. There's just no way. He's, he, you're buying low on Carr, which is smart, but you're selling low as well if you're, right. if you're the Raiders. Then the question becomes, well, what about Devontae Adams? He came there to play with his guy. They were buddies going back to Fresno. Rob, does it get confusing with Devontae Adams, if McDaniels gets his guy in Brady, or can, or is it like, well, you get to play Tom Brady? Come on, Devontae, and you could, you could probably end up trading Waller, getting, I don't know if you get a first, but you get what a second and a fourth for Waller, and you get, I don't know, a second and a fifth for Carr, second and a fourth, and, and now all of a sudden you got a bunch of picks to put into that defense. You got to figure out the Josh Jacobs, but like Carr's the first domino, Rob. If you get Brady, you gonna be happy? No. No. What what have you seen from Tom Brady that makes you think he still has it? Nothing. And, and how about this? The three late comebacks to beat the Rams, oh, yeah. Saints, and Cardinals, who are all really trash this season. And the Rams and Saints, especially, who gave it away as much yes. as Tom Brady took it. Yes. Um, look, Derek Carr, save for his rookie season when he shouldn't have been playing anyway. I don't know. You know, he started because they really had no other option is having the worst season of his NFL career with Josh McDaniels. Worst completion percentage, most interceptions, lowest passing yards a game. It's, mm. it's been brutal. But like I said, and you mentioned Tom Brady, save for what Aaron Rodgers, 
because I think he's got something left in the tank. Or if you're really going to push all in, maybe you get Lamar Jackson. You give away two first, and, and you sign that deal because you can offset it with a couple of picks you'll get from Carr or whatever. I don't know who you could get that would be an upgrade. I don't think Jimmy G is an upgrade. Wait, Lamar is Lamar an upgrade? You, you can talk yourself into it. Absolutely. You don't think Lamar's an upgrade over Derek Carr? No, I'm saying he is, but I'm saying, like, oh. I, I, I don't know. I think he's an upgrade. It bears to be seen whether or not he'd be an upgrade in the McDaniel system. Okay, I, well, Bra- hold on. Let's go. Brady knows the McDaniel system. Is that an upgrade? No, because he's shot. Mm. I mean, even Chris Collinsworth, who goes out of his way to ball wash Tom Brady anytime he's playing on Sunday night football, was saying on Sunday night, Look, I, I don't know what's, what's going on with Brady. I mean, that, that was a layup pass that he missed right there. That's like watching LeBron James break a layup. That's what we saw from Tom Brady. Oh, is that what call. he said? He said that. Go look it up. It's on LarryBrownSports.com. Oh That's one I think I saw on Monday morning. Because wow. when I was watching the game, it was such a bad game. I just kind of had it on in the background, but I wasn't watching it as close as I should. Like, you know how that is. When it's a shitty game, no one's really paying attention like that. But if you can get a Rodgers or if you can get Lamar Jackson, then then sure. Otherwise... You're rolling the dice on, what, like a C.J. Stroud, Will Levis in the draft, and it's like you brought can in Devontae. Can I interest you in, can I interest you in Zach Wilson? He can be had very cheap. <laughs> you mean the, the now suddenly inactive once again Zach Wilson? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I you know that. Not, listen, it's it's holiday. It's a holiday week. I, I don't want to speak bad of somebody and kick them when they're down. Sorry I did it to two. I apologize. It's, you know. Look, I, I don't I don't want to kick Zach Wilson when he's down. Um, I just want to say that Jamarcus Russell had a higher passer rating his first two seasons oh, gosh, than Zach Raiders. Wilson. But that's just me pumping up Jamarcus Russell. That's not me taking a shot at Zach Wilson. It's like, see, Jamarcus Russell had he had something going for him until he ate himself out of the league. Um, no, I mean, look, obviously Derek Carr is not the guy. Eddie House, friend of this podcast, will call and text me randomly to be like, "What's up with your boy Carr? He sucks." Like that kind of—he he thinks it's kind of funny. But the problem is, I don't know who you could get that would be better. And if you end up downgrading, you run the risk of alienating your best player, who is Devontae Adams. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. The best bet would be to fire Josh McDaniels. But that's not going to happen. That's not happening. No, no, no. Um, all right, now let's fine. Let's pivot to a, a positive story. We could wrap up on a positive story. The New York Football Jets. Mike White in in a belated Christmas present to all Jets fans. Mike White was made active and back with the team, cleared to play. The broken ribs. Oh gosh, it is so good to have him back. And as you said, Zach Wilson now inactive. That's rough on a, on a, what did they announce that uh, yesterday, Monday afternoon with like six days to go and they just announced Zach Wilson's inactive. Just, oh man, just absolutely brutal for Zach Wilson. Feel bad for the guy. But Rob, the first thing I did was I went to uh, the three gambling accounts that I have, three different shops, and I laid it with the Jets at one, two, and two, and it's up to now two and a half. Seattle Seahawks, who, by the way, looked atrocious without Tyler Lockett. You know, he's their third down guy. Leads the team in first down receptions this year. He can get open on the slot, on the outside. He's just a clutch receiver, great player. He's out for the, se- he's out for the season. And without him, it's just it's a tough go for Geno Smith. So you have Metcalf, and if you could put Sauce Gardner on him, you're essentially telling Geno Smith, go ahead, try Marquise Goodwin, who I don't think had a catch. I faced him in fantasy, and yeah, he didn't have a catch. 
He, maybe he got hurt and left, missed half the game or whatever, but it's like, who else are you going to throw to? Will Disley? It's going to be the Kenneth Walker show. And, oh, the irony, Rob. Oh, I love it. Former Jets quarterback, Geno Smith. He can wreck the Jets season with a win. Also, you know, I'm shaving the Seahawks logo on the side of my head if they finish above 500. The Jets can put the final nail in the coffin and finish. Uh, uh, Seattle will finish under 500 if the Jets get the dub. Now, the final game for Seattle is against the Rams and Baker Mayfield, who suddenly, I guess, are alive. But I digress. Back to the Jets. Rob, this is, the, I would say, the biggest non-divisional game the Jets have played in I don't know, seven to eight years. They're resting all hope on Mike White, Zonovan Knight, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis. Would you know any of these guys if they rolled into the Fox Sports Radio studio this week? Would you recognize any of them? Absolutely not. Mike White looks like an Uber driver, and I'm not knocking him. That, that, he just looks like an average guy. I'm not saying he's not, he's not a good player, but we haven't seen him since he took those hits against Buffalo. Rob, I, I, I'm so excited for this game. I believe it's in the 4 p.m. window. Schedule is cleared. Hold up. Is this on New Year's Day? Is, are the Sunday games on? Uh, oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I will not be going out on New Year's Eve. Hell, New Year's Eve is amateur hour. I don't go out anyway. Um, I'll be locked in on January 1st for Jet Seahawks. Just a colossal game for, for my Jets. It's crazy they still have a chance in the playoffs. I just want to point out, I know people say the Jets are terrible. With Zach Wilson at quarterback, they're terrible. Yes. Uh, with Mike White, they outgained Minnesota by 200 yards and covered. They covered against Buffalo, nearly won. And those are elite teams. Those are, you know, Minnesota's like a top eight Super Bowl odds. Uh, Buffalo, I think, is like one, two, or three. Uh, Seattle is none of that. Their defense stinks. I think the Jets are live to win this and get to the playoffs. Rob, if they do, well, obviously the podcast numbers will be massive because, you know, we're destination for the Jets fans who are now coming out of the woodwork, just showing up. Um, I don't know. I, I know you're not a huge Jets guy, but your thoughts on Jets Seattle and the Jets. Basically, they, how they get in, Rob, is they win their two final games. They need Tua to beat Belichick this week because the Jets lose the tiebreakers with New England. And then the Jets, you know, in the final game, they beat Miami, which will not be easy, but I don't think they're going to be big underdogs. And then they need uh, Buffalo to beat New England in the final week of the season, and that's definitely going to happen because Buffalo's still playing for home field advantage, I think. Now, what if Buffalo loses to Cincinnati? Then it's like KC, Buffalo, or Cincy. Right. Buffalo has the tiebreaker, so shit, I guess Cincy has an outside shot at it, but they would need a Kansas City loss. But Buffalo holds all tiebreakers over the Bengals. So, yeah, listen, Jets have good chance. I think I saw one saying if the Jets win out, they have an 82% chance of the playoffs. You can't ask for more than that. Absolutely. And, and let me tell you, I know that you were very excited when the Mike White news came down on Monday. I saw the tweets. I, I, you sent me a text. I didn't see it till later because I was too busy resetting my fantasy lineup because I'm as excited as you are. I'm oh. gonna. I, I'm. Th- I'm very seriously considering starting Garrett Wilson over Devontae Adams in the championship round. Bro, what happened to Devontae, man? Well, I mean, he had 1.5 points in my De- fantasy. Derek Carr league. happened. There, I, oh. I, I got to the championship in spite of of Devontae Adams. But I'm. I'm a Devontae Adams guy. I think he's the best fo- receiver football. I'm a Raiders fan, even before I'm a Devontae Adams guy. And when there's money on the line in the fantasy championship, I may have to roll with Garrett Wilson because the difference between. Zach Wilson and Mike White is like the Grand Canyon. Mike White <laughs> unlocks Garrett Wilson in a way that few quarterbacks unlock a, a receiver like that. 
Like usually if a receiver's that good, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. They're going to put up numbers regardless. Yeah. And Garrett Wilson, maybe because he's a rookie, wasn't able to do that with Zach Wilson. So he's been riding the bench for me. But now once the Mike White train is back in station, I I am full gangrene right now. Didn't and he I'm, almost have 200 I'm, yards receiving against the Vikings? Yeah. Did you start him that week? He was, yes, oh, I did. Yeah. Every week, nah, man, ever crazy. since Zach Wilson got benched, I was starting Garrett Wilson alongside Devontae Adams. In the championship round, I got Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Jalen Waddle, Garrett Wilson, those are my receivers. I'm hmm. very seriously considering putting Garrett Wilson over Adams and going with Hopkins and Wilson in the championship to get some of this money. Interesting, Robble. I hope you can stack paper in how many do you have a dynasty in that league? No. I feel like you're in the championship every year. I'm just really good at making trades. <laughs> <laughs> Hoodwinking the clueless guys who don't That's know how right. to set their roster. Like, oh, you know, yeah, this guy's really slow start. You know, you may, maybe want to get rid of him. I'll give you two starters for him. Mm. And so that, that's my that's my deal. Savvy. Uh, all right, Rob. So we are back tomorrow. I I, I haven't looked at the full on schedule. What are we going to do about Monday, New Year's? Well, it's, it's January second, and actually, it'll be a huge next Monday. So we'll definitely be back. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Maybe maybe what we'll do because it's a big you know college football especially maybe we'll take off the end of the week or something like that. That's possible. Yes. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll keep you posted. But uh, thanks for listening. Good to be back. Talk to you tomorrow. I'm Diosa and I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio, season nine. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.